The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we began to see yesterday, Peter denied Christ three times, and ultimately he wept bitter tears over his sin. There were some reasons Peter got himself into this position in the first place. Instead of walking close by Jesus' side, he began to separate himself from Christ little by little, initially following him afar off, until finally he was warming himself by the world's fires instead of sticking close by the side of his beloved Jesus. The problem of denying Christ in our own lives began that way as well. The more we distance ourselves from Christ and his kingdom, the more we risk denying him in our actions. Join us today for the conclusion of this message on denying Christ. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy.
listen, something else that will cause you problems. You know, I said that denial of Jesus matures in, the, in separation. When you separate yourself from his church, you are going to be well down the path toward denying Christ. You remember what Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says? Listen to this. Here's what 1025 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so, the much, so much the more as you see the day approaching. See here he says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And he's talking about in a church capacity. He's talking about as members of the local body, we're to get together and we're to do that regularly. We're not to forsake that and we're to do it more often as we see the day approaching. I believe he's saying that as, as time, I don't, you know, as time appears to be coming to an end and the day of the Lord appears to be getting closer, we need to be seeking out these opportunities to, to fellowship together more and more. Okay. Maybe he's talking about as you see your death day approaching, as we get older, as we get to the point where we realize that we have less years ahead than we have behind. I've seen that happen to become a reality in, in the lives of many children of God that uh, as they get older and they, they see the, uh, the time of their departure from this life approaching, they want to be together more and more with God's children, you see. And that's the way we're to be. Now look, look at the verses before this. Look at what the context is, and we'll see why it's important that we not separate ourselves from the assembly of the saints. Go back to verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And now he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. We can't do that. We can't exhort one another. We can't provoke one another and the good works. We can't do these things that he says if we are not together. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. How do we do that? Well, one way we do that is by being here in the assembly of the saints, you see. I'm not talking about the ox in the ditch. I'm not talking about a Sunday here and there, but I'm talking about consistently missing and staying away from the church, that separation from his church will lead you to denying Christ like Peter did. So, so what does denying Jesus look like? What does it look like? We've already seen what Peter's done. We can, we can do like Peter. We can deny him with the words that we use, literally, he literally denied that he knew Jesus. Sometimes when we're persecuted, that's how it comes out. In the early years of the church, the early centuries, there was great persecution. And sometimes good, solid Christians who were being persecuted would, would affirm publicly that they did not know Christ, that they were not children of God in order to avoid persecution. They shouldn't have done that. And there was a big... There was a big rip, a rift in the church over what to do with those that had denied him, that had uh, recanted, so to speak. But, but listen, you understand that we're just human. 
Now, I'm, we shouldn't deny him ever. They shouldn't have denied him even under persecution. Many did not deny him. But praise God, denying him does not get us kicked out of the covenant of grace. Those were still little sheep. Sometimes God's little sheep are weak. We need to have compassion upon them. We need to be seeking to restore them and not to beat them down as some did in that day. But denying him doesn't always look like what Peter did. Peter said literally, I do not know him. But sometimes in our speech, we act like we don't know him. You remember back over in Matthew, one of the things that Peter did is he began to curse and to swear that third time that, uh, uh, that he was asked about being one of Jesus' disciples. You know why he began to curse and to swear? Because that's not how Christians should act. He said, if I can curse and swear, then that would, uh, that would help uh, to prove to these other people that I'm really not one of his. Child of God, sometimes the words we use, the filthy communication out of our mouths, the, uh, uh, the cursing and the swearing. And listen, you're talking to one who has struggled with that through his life. So I'm not just beating you over the head. I'm telling you the preacher uh, has the same struggles that you do. But beloved, I'm telling you, that's why Peter did that, because it made him look like not a child of God. Over in Ephesians 4.29, he talks about the vile and filthy communications. That word there, corrupt communications, is the word he uses, corrupt. The word corrupt means rotten. It means putrefied. It's talking about something that you think about food that you've had set out. And you've set it out on the counter and forgotten about it. Or maybe you've, you know, maybe you've, uh, you've had a freezer go bad. <laughs> you ever had a freezer go bad or a refrigerator go bad and open up the door and what a stench that is in your nostrils? See, that's the kind of stench that filthy communications out of our mouths are in the nostrils of God, you see. So we can deny him with the words that we use, but we can also deny him in the attitudes that we take. You know, the, the attitudes have to do with our manner of speaking, anger, wrath, and malice. When we go back to Colossians chapter 3, we're going to be talking about anger, wrath, and malice that leads to some things like blasphemy, filthy communications, lying, that sort of thing, you see. And the attitudes we take uh, will, will cause us to, uh, if we take the wrong kind of attitude, we will be denying Christ. James 1.26 says, if any man among you seem to be religious, okay? Do you seem to be religious? But you, he said, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, that man's religion is in vain. That doesn't mean he's going to die and go to hell. That just means you're not living what you are. You're not acting like who you are. Daddy used to tell me, son, act like you're somebody. I'm telling you today, act like you're a child of God. That's the biggest somebody you can possibly be. That's the best somebody you can be. But James says that if we don't bridle our tongue, and that doesn't just mean cursing and swearing, that means responding in anger and wrath. You know, anger is a slow simmering thing, according to the Greek word there, that gets you to a point where you're just, just sort of steadily angry at somebody. Wrath is something that pops up just like that. Short temper, we might say. And of course, malice is an evil intent that's a result of that wrath and anger that ultimately you have evil, wicked designs on somebody. We can deny him with the attitudes that we take.
But child of God, we can also deny him with the way that we live. With the way that we live. Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. This is what Paul writing to the young preacher Titus says. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. And he goes on to describe them being abominable, disobedient, and reprobate unto every good work. What's he talking about here, preacher? You like to, you know, you, you leave church, you go back to your business, you're dealing with a partner, you're dealing with somebody else, you say, well, this isn't church. It's okay if I cheat them a little bit. It's okay if I put my finger on the scales and, and, and the, you know, if you're like the butcher used to do, you know, you go buy meat at the butcher shop and they'd put it up on the scale, and sometimes you'd have a butcher that would put his finger on the scales. Weigh it down just a little bit more, you see. We can deny him in our works. 1 John 1 and verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. When we walk in darkness, when we walk according to the course of this world, you remember what he said over in Ephesians chapter 2? And he just, he's describing men before they're born again. Listen to what he says over in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 1, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. In your pre-regenerated state, before you were born again, and those who've never been born again, this is how they live and how they act. In time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we also all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Our lifestyle, we may be the members of the church, we may be a deacons in the church, we may even be a preacher, a pastor in a church, but our lifestyle may deny Jesus. And I am sorry to admit to you that my lifestyle sometimes denies Him. Sometimes I live and act in wrath and anger. Sometimes I respond in ways that I shouldn't. Sometimes I say things that I shouldn't. And I'm denying Jesus when I do that. You go in and you say, well, I'm going to get somebody to clock out for me today. <laughs> I'm going to cheat my employer, you know. If you're an employer, you say, well, I'm going to kind of cut back on the time a little bit, and shave a little off over there. You're cheating your employees. You see, beloved, we can deny him in these ways. So listen, as we bring this to a close, let's look at where it ends. Let's look at where it ends. Notice in chapter 22 again here of Luke and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter you know I, I don't know all the implications of this but I do believe that one of the strong implications is that this is the chastening of the Lord this is the chastening of the Lord how many times in your life as in mine have I been in the middle of something that I shouldn't be doing? And somehow the Lord just reminds me he's still there. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm responding in anger and wrath to somebody. And turn around and look and there's one of my fellow church members standing there. 
Maybe I'm saying something I shouldn't. Maybe I'm just thinking something I shouldn't. Maybe, you know, sometimes just a phone call comes in as I'm either in the middle of or preparing to commit some wicked sin. The chastening of the Lord. The Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And it says he remembered the word of the Lord. And verse 62 said, Peter went out and wept bitterly. Wept bitterly. You know where denying Jesus ends for a child of God? It ends in the bitterness of our own souls. You know, sometimes I struggle to go to sleep. Sometimes I go to sleep pretty quickly, but then wake up in the night and struggle to go back to sleep. And you know, the struggle to go back to sleep is not because I'm excited about how great life is. <laughs> you know, that's not what gets me, keeps me awake at night. This morning I woke up at 3 o'clock, and by 3.45 I finally just got up. Because all I could think about is all the things I had done, all the ways I had failed the Lord, all the problems in my life, all the struggles. And I just said, Lord, I'm just going to get up. You know, I wasn't laying there in satisfaction and peace of soul. I was laying there in bitterness of soul. Now, I didn't go out and weep bitterly like Peter did. But in my heart and in my soul, that's how I felt. See, that's where denying Christ ends. But now let me just, uh, let me just leave you with this as we bring this to a close. I know in the world that many will teach that if you deny Christ, that ultimately that means you're going to die and go to hell. But I am so thankful it's not that way. Amen. You remember what, back over in just a page back over there where verse 31, it said, that Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You know, that tells me something very comforting. That tells me that my Lord already knows the ways in which I'm going to be tempted to fail him. He already knows every single way that I have failed him or will fail him even before I've done it. And I want you to notice what he did, what, what else he says here that is so important for us to remember. He says, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee. You know, one of the first steps of Peter, one of Peter's first steps back up from the depths of denial where he was, was not his own efforts. It wasn't even the bitterness of his soul. It was the fact that before he ever denied Christ, Christ had prayed for him. <laughs> Isn't that glorious? Child of God, before you deny him in your actions, before you deny him in your words, Christ has already prayed for you. Because let me tell you, Satan still desires to sift you as wheat. He desires to have you. He is a roaring lion out there seeking whom he may devour. As Brother Buddy said many times, he's not out to annoy, he's out to destroy. And praise God, he cannot get you eternally. Praise God. See, we're told in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Who are those that come unto God by him? All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, he says in John chapter 6 and verse 37. Praise God, every single one of his children are saved to the uttermost. 
seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. We're told in 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God and one mediator. We sang that song about the daysman earlier. He, there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Peter went out and wept bitterly. And you know what? When you deny Christ and I deny Christ, we ought to do the same. We ought to do the same. But Jesus wasn't finished with Peter. Peter writes two letters that are included in the canon of the New Testament. Peter goes on to preach powerful sermons. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. You know, sometimes I feel like when I've committed these sins that my ministry is over, my, my life is ended, I might as well go on home to be with him. But God is not finished with you, child of God. He already knows your weakness. He already knows the things that you're apt to do. You shouldn't do them, but he already knows about them, and he has already paid for those sins on the cross. Jesus told those Pharisees over there in John chapter 10, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Not life that you can have one day and lose the next. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You remember that song we sang as our introductory hymn this morning I am a stranger here below it says I am a stranger here below and what I am tis hard to know I am so vile so full of sin I fear that I'm not born again when I experience in other words my daily walk when I experience call to mind my understanding is so blind all feeling sense seems to be gone, which makes me fear that I'm wrong. You ever been there, child of God, where you just didn't have any emotion? You just, didn't, you just felt dead inside? And yet, the Lord has not done with you yet. You feel like it makes you fear and question even your own salvation. I find myself out of the way. My thoughts are often gone astray. My goodness, that, that's me. Like one alone I seem to be. Oh, is there anyone like me? Well, the good news is everyone is like you, okay? It's seldom I can ever see myself as I would wish to be. What I desire, I can't attain. From what I hate, I can't refrain. If you think that's your, that you're the only one in that condition, that's your, that's your soul burden, go back and read the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. and You'll read about a man named Paul who said, that which I would, I do not, that which I would not, that I do. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now listen to this last verse. I've already mentioned it earlier today. My nature is so prone to sin, which makes my duty so unclean. Even the things, the good things I try to do are tainted by sin. My nature is so prone to sin, which makes my duty so unclean, that when I count up all the cost without free grace, I know I'm lost. Free grace, child of God. Doesn't excuse you from serving the Lord. It doesn't excuse you when you deny him by your words or your actions or your lifestyle. But when you go out and weep bitterly, when you find yourself in bitterness of soul over the things you do, I urge you to come back to free grace and understand that even Peter, 
who so vividly and openly denied the Lord was a chosen vessel of God. You, child of God, are a chosen vessel of God. You may not be Peter. You may not have a call to the ministry, but you are called to serve him where you are. May the Lord bless us this week, not to deny him, but to affirm him and to serve him in ways that would be pleasing unto him. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.